The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. Free agency is here. The draft is done. David, yes. development camp is done. Yes. And I'm gonna... senior world, uh, to the world, delayed World Juniors tournament. We can look forward to the rookie tournament. But right now, looking forward to success based on current rosters. A little perilous for some teams. Um, I, I'm looking forward to come. I'm looking forward to coming back down to earth from my bout of flabbergastery. I know it's not a real word, but I can't think of anything. It, it's still flabbergasted, uh, taken oh. aback. Uh, pick a synonym. Oh, are you talking I can, about? I that can explain. I, I was going to say I can explain later when we actually get there. I just wanted to foreshadow a little, but oh, I'm that. still. I'm still a little bit um, <clears throat> wow. I made a comparison on that <laughs> event uh, to someone in text messages that I didn't think I would make about any, anyone at camp. And so since free agency is the big deal, although one, another one of my spoilers, I mean, predictions came true. We can talk. Uh, let's talk about free agency as a whole. Who's still out there? What surprises we've seen? Um, for me, I mean, the elephant in the room, in fact, barely <laughs> leaving room for oxygen. Yes. Johnny Gaudreau to Columbus. That one took me a little by surprise. I'm trying to figure out. What the? I was trying to figure out what the what the the allure of Columbus. Was. I mean, I understand New Jersey if he had signed there because that's where he's from. Um, I could have understood Boston if we had made an offer because he played he played college hockey at Boston College. Uh, I just couldn't could figure out Philly. Philly. Even the Islanders and Rangers make sense. I mean, the Columbus? Rangers are closest to a cup. Is did they offer? I mean, did they just happen to offer the most money? Were they the first deal, yeah. and he just signed? I mean, reports are that other player that other teams offered him more money. So my question, based on the rest of that roster, I mean, I don't even know who their number one center is. You look at their you look at their roster based on cap hit, and you have to get all the way down to the fifth forward listed Jack Russellvik before you get to the uh, before you get to a guy whose position is listed as C and then the next person whose position is listed as C as is Sean Corrali I like Sean Corrali bunches and bunches and him and him and Johnny Goudreau are only a year apart so maybe they're friends or know each other pretty sure he didn't go there just to work with Sean Corrali and I'm pretty sure that yeah. since Brad Larson wants to be head coach at the end of October and not just uh, at the beginning of it, that he's probably not rolling out a, a top line of Sean Corelli, Johnny Goudreau, and it, Eric Robinson. It just just a hunch. Um, uh, Roslovic. Goudreau and Voracek. Voracek? 
I mean, that's what logic says, but <laughs> I mean, that still brings up the question of who is your second line. And I, I'm going to have to ask some of the Columbus fans. Uh, I know uh, what uh, to make some projections because I can't like. I, I just can't. I mean, the only other big signing or reasonably big signing to go there is Eric Branson. Eric Branson is a fourth or fifth defenseman. Okay. He is now their second highest paid defenseman. Yes. And they do have more than almost, they have very nearly, uh, well, they have just over 2 million in cap space. They need to send someone down to the AHL. They also have Emil Bernstrom and Patrick Line to resign. So yes, having, having Line in your top six, along with Gujo and Voracek, um, does, but Line is, Line is not a center. He is not a center. Uh, I mean, Burns, Bernstrom is. Is he going to be a top two center for you and play with Goudreau? Oh, Emil Bemstrom? Yeah. Yeah, he's... I don't know that he's... He, they, I mean, you have to do what you have to do. You probably bump him up to second line center. Maybe third. Uh is Boone Jenner out? Out. I mean, he's on. He's listed on injured reserve. He can play center. He. I think they prefer him at a wing position, but he can play center. And, and there's also Alexander Texier. Yeah, Alexander Texier, who's actually decent player. He's a he got a little bit of spunk and go in him, and plays all three forward positions. Uh, again, I think he was. I think he's played more wing than center, but. So where's, I mean, where or where is the appeal here? Did he just want to move someplace where he's going to have a reasonable sized backyard and not too much press? Okay, that works. I'll take the not too, I'll, I'll, I'll take the not too much press part, but I mean, it can't be that less. It can't be that much less pressure than Calgary. Calgary is still a Calgary may be a, sm, a fairly small city, but it's still a hockey mecca. Okay. It, and if you're if you're realistically putting it in terms of percentage of people who pay attention to hockey, it's going to be in your top twelve or fifteen cities in North America. The the Battle of Alberta is a real thing. Sometimes it's a good thing, but it's a real thing. Um, you've got, I mean, you take any of the Canadian cities, you add in Boston, you add in Minnesota. The, the Battle of Alberta, but I mean, if you're going to look at this from a standpoint of what's Calgary done, what's Edmonton done? I mean, Calgary's lost Goudreau. Edmonton's signed Evander Kane. <laughs> yeah, but even that isn't all that big. They had him already, and they, I mean, the only good part is they paid less for him. Yeah, $5.125 million. I would have uh, taken that deal. Mm. But, I mean, <clears throat> right now, the Oilers only have a million in cap space. Okay. And only have 
eight forwards signed. There's um, the math doesn't work on them getting to 12 forwards without moving someone, possibly multiple someones. Well, what's Pull URV going to get? Oh, wait, Kyler Yamamoto, he's going to get some money. Um, it, it doesn't matter. You can't get four players into $1 million. Probably not. No, like league minimum <laughs> is like seven and a quarter. It's going to be ugly. Yes. And that's not including the seven, the nearly seven million they have in injured reserve. Uh, they have Austin they, and Mike Smith. Maybe that's why they didn't sign any free agents. And they have. Uh, oh, wait, no, they signed Jack Campbell. Correct. From Toronto. For a not unreasonable contract, I, I don't hate that one. Five million. They're still five, paying five million per for five years. I, I don't hate it. Okay. And then they've got dead cap money with uh, that they retained on Lucic and okay, three quarters of a million dollars. G. But they still have buyout money over three, almost three and a half on Neil and Sakara. And even after that's this year, I'm still that, paying. That, that's money. That's that's buyout money that comes off the cap. That's not we're getting it back. They they have a lot that they can't do, though. I mean, yes, yes they drafted Reed Schaefer and yes, they have Dylan Holloway in the system and. Carter Savoy and Raphael Lavoy, and sounds like they've been recruiting in Eastern Canada. Uh, so, but Calgary, the Calgary on the other hand could afford to lose a Goudreau. I, I mean, I guess if lose a Goudreau, but I mean they've they got to resign. They can afford to replace him. They got to they've got to resign Kachuk and Mangiapane, who are both RFA eligible. I mean, RFA with arbitration eligible. And Mangiapane kind of coming into his own at this point. I mean, he's 26, hitting the prime, had a really decent season last year, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, career year so far, 55 points, 35 goals, 20 assists. Played in all 82 games. Um, but they have 18, almost $18.5 million in cap space. Assuming that... Kachuk gets the eight and a half or so that he's projected to get. That mm-hmm. still leaves them ten million to fill out the rest of their tops uh, of their forwards, and that's not even counting. Yeah, they're in much better shape to be competitive next season. Even without Goudreau. Even without Goudreau, they're in better shape to be competitive because they can probably still sign a free agent worth worth naming. Uh, I can think of one. Don't know if he'd go there, but I can think of one. Are you talking about the center? He's still available. Uh, yes, there are a couple still available. I, I'm I'm sure you have a name in mind. Um, uh, Mr. Kadri. Uh oh, him? Yeah, yeah, I, I I've heard of him. But if you have that kind of cash still available, you sign Kachuk. I don't remember what Mangiapane made last year. Um, he made just under two and a half 
per just under two and a half per year. So, so bump them all the way to four million. Yeah. Does that still give you enough cash to play around with to get a cadre? To get a cadre, probably not. But let's assume that you're into fishing in troubled waters. <laughs> And you pick up the phone. Ring, 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 ring. Uh, because it's a Sunday, and the general, the GM in that team is acting like the GM in the slightly look closer to the East Coast. Um, you don't, you don't get him the first try. But on your second try, you get Mr. Kevin Cheville day off, and you say to him, "Hey, Kev." Who you I uh, I noticed you haven't signed Mr. Uh, Mr. PLD, and there's all sorts of rumors about him being available. Yeah. Oh. How about we do a sign and trade? I get prospects, I get picks. Let me add them to my roster, and uh, we do a short three-year deal. We'll figure out something that works. If we go. The seven or eight, if we go beyond that, we'll figure out something a little juicier. Uh, what do you say? Actually, as heartbreaking as this is, um, I say let's work something out. But as heartbreaking as this is, because he has been on a downward trend for the last few years, but they've still got a guy on injured reserve that I completely missed. Who, Calgary or Winnipeg? Calgary. Go ahead. Sean. Sean Monahan. Like I said, he's on a downward trend. I don't know if it's a mind thing or if he, if the, if it's, if it's, I genuinely think he needs a change of scenery. Probably, but since he's injured, you're not going to get anybody to give you a whole lot back for him. But if you can move his money or some of his money. somewhere and free up some some cap space you could get a cadre or i don't even know can you trade injured reserve play players i mean they're used in the old cba there were ways to do it um i don't remember under the current cba i would have to but yeah invest about 200 hours in learning to read it I didn't. I didn't realize just how how big the gap was between Calgary and Edmonton as far as money to spend. And it's big. I mean, you're talking sixteen million or so. That's that. That's huge. And they both have about the same amount of of roster spots to fill. And yet, they could still lose a good draw. I mean, was he the biggest? Was he the biggest? Name free agent? I mean, Campbell going I mean, to Edmonton. I, mean, I think he probably was. Like, as far as you, as far as being close to the peak of their career, Kadri and Kane are both a little older. Kane has that reputation, even, uh, even though all of the off ice stuff has been proved not substantiated. Mm-hmm. Unsubstantiated crap. Yep. Um, 
there are still some folks who think he's the worst player, worst person to ever come within 60 feet of the league, um, oh. which, hey, you, I've seen some of the comments. Um, so it's either if it's not if it's not Kadri, it's definitely it's definitely Goudreau. And Goudreau for everything that for the, all the fact that he's a left wing, he's not. I don't think he's ever actually had a spectacular postseason, which for me is a caution sign. I guess. I guess I'd have to say technically the biggest free agent and he's still unsigned, but the biggest free agent would have to be, you know, some guy who won a, a few awards and. Yeah, but he's also going to be like 38 when the season starts. True. But uh, as a, as, no, he's going to be 37 when the season starts. End of July. Next week, actually. I thought he was going to be 37. But anyway, the fact that as a 36-year-old, he wins not his first but his fifth Selkie. I mean, are you anticipating a huge drop-off or maybe just a little drop-off? Based on how he played last year with that elbow that needed surgery for the second year in a row, Mm-hmm. It's hard to anticipate an actual drop-off for Bergeron. Is he older? Yes. Has he physically lost a step? No. Is probably faster at age 30 and a lot than he was at 26 or 27. That's not an exaggeration. It's not It's not my admitted fandom for the guy it's watching him play you put him next to the Marchand and you put him next to Pasternak and you put him next to some of the other speedier players on the Bruins he's not getting left behind by as much as he used to get left behind by say Sagan and Kessel who were in that top echelon of speed when he was early to mid-20s but doesn't the fact that he is literally the best two-way forward in hockey make him like the number one free agent? I Okay, granted, he's probably not going to go anywhere except Boston. So, uh, And I had this little tiff with, with Saravalli about him not being on Saravalli's list. But the fact that he is still technically a free agent. You have so you have to consider: is he the best free agent, or what? What is he the number one free agent available? Because he was technically available, still is technically available. Would you get him over Kadri? Would you get him over? I mean, I don't. Yes, he's going to be thirty-seven in a week. Okay, the answer the answer to that question is: it depends. I mean, if you're the Phoenix Coyotes. You're probably not getting either of them. If you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're probably not getting either of them. If you're the New York Rangers, do you really need either of them? Is Bergeron a better center uh, than 
your num- your current number one? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't but, care what team you're on. Yes is but, the answer. <laughs> the question, though, is, is he going to work better with your players than with the with whoever he replaces? If you put him in in place of Zabinijad, is he going to work as well or better with the players he he gets to play with? That's a big that's a big question. I mean, we've seen Bergeron with a cast of literal th- of very nearly literal thousands in his career. Yes, he spent a great deal of time playing with Marchand. He spent a reasonable amount of time playing with boys. Um, but he spent a, he spent a couple of years with Sagan on his wing. But there have been legitimately 60 other players to play at least a game on his wing. And he's made many of them look good. Like Riley Smith looked really, really good playing with him. Um, he had a very, very, very aged now uh, Hall of Fame coach uh, on his wing during the cup run. Um, he had Marco Sturm, now a, now a pending head coach uh, on his wing. And Marco Sturm never saw the numbers again that he had when he that he did when he played with Bergeron. Um, So, yeah, you can probably believe that it's going to work out better with, with Bergeron than, or even Bergeron over signing Trocek. If you could get them both for the same money for two plus years. I can think of one place where he may not be in an ideal fit. And that's with the current Stanley cup champs, just because the way they attack in a game, the speed that they utilize in Bergeron, yes, is he faster than he was? He, he's not keeping up with McKinnon. He's not keeping up with Landis. He's not. No, that, that team is just that team is just built for speed, and I think he would hold them up a little bit. But like the Vegas Golden Knights. If you drop him on the Vegas Golden Knights, he might actually be the third or fourth fastest forward on that team. Yes, and I think Cassidy would start counting. It would start buying lottery tickets as well, because if he's uh, lucky enough to have Bergeron on his team, then he'd need. Because to if your number one centers are Bergeron and Eichel, mm-hmm. as a head coach, you probably lap your way to the rink every day, knowing that you could play Eichel as a second line center. <laughs> <laughs> knowing that you, you're going to control the pace of the game, regardless of whether whichever of these healthy uh, centers is on the ice. Well, that and really- if you really want to reunite Riley and Riley Smith and and Patrice Bergeron, you already have chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Um. And again, he's not slowing you down. And at, at another team where he's, where you can probably you can make the case that Bergeron is the best possible ad for a playoff-bound team. Oh, I said Dallas, yeah. but they're not going. No, to Dallas. I. There are reasons he would not go to Dallas without. <laughs> oh yes, no, yeah, that's not happening. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it would ups, it would likely upset one of your current centers, but <laughs> mm, don't care. Um, 
Well, if you're Dallas, you shouldn't care. But <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking about Dallas. I'm talking about the other team. Oh, because okay. based on the way that they that roster plays, mm-hmm. adding this guy would be like pouring more gold into gold. I'm talking about the Nashville Predators. They are who are you, the epitome wait, of a so, defensive team. So who are you upsetting? Probably Matt Duchesne, who still has four years at $8 million. Yeah, and you know what? He can play second-line center. I don't care. Or third, yeah. Or third at this point, yeah. Do they still um, have Ryan Johansson? That Ryan Johansson. Yeah. And honestly, so, as a again, as a coach, if – even though I don't think the wor- the most of Matt Duchesne as a playoff competitor, if you're if you're pl- if you're skating down the middle with Bergeron, then Johansson, then Duchesne, you again you're probably laughing your way to the rink on a regular basis. <laughs> yes. And then then when you look at your blue line, you've got Yossi, McDonough, Ekholm. Lausanne and Fabro, and then you've got Borowicki and Carrier to round out the uh, round out the group. That's not merely a strong roster. That's not merely a playoff contender. That's someone who, at minimum, should win two games in the second round, and probably should win in the second round. Okay, but it's not going to happen. Um, it's just flat out not going well, to happen. No, he he's. I think it. I think it's a here or here or happen. retirement. That's. I I believe that to be the case. But the R word, yeah. Yeah. Um. Any other surprises for you? Free agency wise, Gaudreau, the big <laughs> one. I mean, I thought Pilat going to New Jersey was a little odd because it doesn't feel meaty enough of a contract to be a cash grab and it doesn't feel long enough to be a final ride into the sunset. Um, it's just sort of a deal. Five years, 6 million per he's 31 years old. It brings him up to that, that infamous 35 plus category. Yeah. Like I, I, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's a right playing, deal. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think it's the right deal, I and mean, it, it's good length for him. He's it, he probably could have gotten more going elsewhere. And don't get me wrong, I think the New Jersey roster has a bunch of potential. I mean, you've got Jack Hughes, you've got Nico uh, uh, Nico Heischer. <laughs> you've now added Pilat, uh to a roster that suddenly has Eric Halla. But there's also not much in the way of roster certainty there because you've only got four players out of your forward group signed beyond the current the coming season. Um, and you've got your top two defensemen and one of them recently signed, both of them on the right side, uh, signed beyond next season. Uh, everything else is up in the air. I, Fitzgerald's got a little bit of work to do. I mean, for me, if I'm Palat, because let's face it, he's not from 
He, he plots a check. I I probably would have gone someplace with either nicer weather or a little bit closer to a cup or at least, you know, winning rounds in the playoffs. Can I, uh, okay. And I know that, and, and I'm a competitive guy. I know that guy, everybody's a competitive players, hockey players, especially are ridiculously competitive. One, he's got how many Stanley cups now? At least two. He's got, he's got two or three. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Is that the is it still the most urgent thing for him, or is he just looking for some place where he can play out hockey, earn his money? He didn't. I mean, he could have signed for a few. I mean, he, I know he's thirty one, but he's coming from a, a two time Stanley Cup winner, and he's that's my he's thing. One yeah. of the top notch. He's one. He's a top notch uh, po- uh, penalty killer. It, he really is. Yes, he's second or third line, depending on where you want where they're going to play him. I mean, he could have got probably another half to a million dollars a year. It wouldn't surprise me if he got as much as one and a half more, depending on where he landed. So Um, is this real? I mean, is this really uh, I'm going after and not for anything, but New Jersey's kind of low. I mean, Sharon Govich is a good young player. They got a lot of good youngsters on this team. Hughes, he should, I mean, we talked about Alexander Holtz and whether and and the, and the tweet that we had that whether he would be rookie of the year if he plays with. We don't think so, but he's still got the talent. I mean, they still got Boquist. You still got Jesper Bratt. You got Miles Wood. It, it, I mean, for a pure cash grab Dr. and Mercer's for familiarity, he might have gone to Detroit. And I mean, the weather is a. Roughly equivalent in both places. Probably cheaper to live in Detroit. Probably, probably a little colder in Detroit. Yeiserman uh, knows him well. Um, and you've got... Makes me wonder if they put in an offer, submitted an offer for him. And they don't see the teams as significantly different in terms of projection for the next season or two. Um, we know, I mean, we obviously know that Chicago is tanking, um, and they're doing a fantastic job of it. Bravissimo. Uh, but even if you're looking purely for cash, maybe you had your agent talk to the Capitals earlier in the year. They're not ridiculously far from getting to another cup. Yeah, they have their cap issues. I mean, at present, they're $8 million over the cap. Or $6 million over the gap. But if you're telling me you don't think that they would have traded out Anthony Mantha and or and Lars Eller to add Andre Pallott, I'm telling you, you need I think better medication. I think the I think what I think for me. Eisenman wasn't I don't think Eisenman was looking to offer. Don't get me wrong. He offered Andrew Cop like a five-year deal, but it's it's less expensive, and Cop's only twenty-eight and plays all three four positions. But he Eisenman gave Cop five point six two five mil per. He also brought in uh, as an equivalent, but a few years older, left wing, right wing David Perron. But it's only on a two-year deal, 
and it's four and three quarters mil. He was able to bring in Dominic Kubalik. He's got but, Pew Suter. He, okay. he he's making that team younger and more viable. Yeah, hold on a second though. Yeah. Of those players who do you genuinely believe would be the best locker room and on ice mentor, those guys or Palat? I'm not disagreeing. I don't know what Andrew Kopp, he, he's the long-term signing. He's the only one on the team that signed past 24-25 as far as forwards go. I'm sure he's going to give Dylan Larkin some cash this year. For that matter, if I'm Kevin Adams, mm-hmm. I've got a team that pro- even before any changes right now, that's probably pushing for a playoff spot this year. Particularly given the not improvements of certain other teams in the division. Um, you're talking about the Sabres at this point. I mean, the Buffalo Sabres. Is if you're adding under if you're adding Palat, you're getting that you're getting that those rings in the locker room mm-hmm. because let's face it, um where is your playoff playoff winning experience on this roster? On Buffalo's roster? Your winning experience in the playoffs on this roster. Where is it? First first of all, if you're talking about Buffalo, you have to actually make the playoffs to have winning experience in the playoffs. Since I, I they haven't been there, they don't have any. I think that Craig Anderson might I have. Gonna, I was just about to say that. Maybe Craig Anderson because he was Craig with Anderson Ottawa. might have as many wins in the playoffs as the rest of the roster combined. Was he with uh, Ottawa mean, the last time he made a run? In the playoffs? That's where he was the last time the Ottawa made a playoff run, wasn't it? A, few, in a handful of years ago or whatever it was. Wasn't Craig Anderson there? Um, might have been, yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that... <clears throat> I mean, Anders Bjork played a couple of playoff games with uh, the Bruins. And like. Jeff Skinner played a couple of playoff games with the Canes. And I know Acaposo played some playoff games. Wait, wait, wait. Vinny Hinestroza has eight playoff games. <laughs> He doesn't have any goals. The opportunity to add that level of playoff experience and cup winning, even if you only did it on like a three-year deal, which I think Palat probably wanted more. Well, in all fairness, Alex Tuck did make it to the Stanley Cup final. Was Alex Tuck a key player? Played Played in all 20 playoff games, had 10 points. 12 penalty minutes. I mean, depends on what you consider key. He scored a couple of key goals during the playoffs that I remember. But I don't know. I'm just, I I agree with you. Yes, Palat. He didn't win a cup, though. No, he didn't. He made it to the Stanley Cup final. They lost to Washington. that, that, That playoff cup winning experience is highly valued in the league. I think Kevin Adams missed the boat on this one. Um, Even if it took signing him for longer than you wanted to. And yes, possibly Eiserman as well. I think Eiserman has a plan and he knows what he wants to do with it. Kevin Adams, I'm not as confident about 
having I'm not a plan. Sure Kevin Adams is allowed to have a plan based on well, what we've seen. Well, based on the way the Pagulas operate, yes, I agree. <laughs> Another team that might have missed the boat. I'm not saying they did. I think they need offense more than they need <clears throat> than they need him uh, or Palat in particular. I think Minnesota might have benefited from him. I think stylistically he fits in there. He okay. plays a little bit on the edge. He plays. It's hard to think of Billy Garen. How to think of Billy Garen missing? He's done quite. He's done quite a bit right so far. Not that they. Not that they suddenly vaulted into the deep into the playoffs, but. I think Billy Guerin's done a lot right since he's taken over. Oh, the team is significantly better than it was when he got there. That's not a question. And there's still a decent percentage of the roster that he saw when he walked in the door there. Yeah. Okay, so I can see that. I think my biggest – no, I I don't know if I can do this with a straight face. I'm going to try, though. Go I think my biggest surprise is the fact that there's a certain forward that is, well, still available. Um, and I don't know how this is even possible. But, yes, Brett Connolly is still available. Well, I, I think that uh, I think that teams are simply too afraid of his awesomeness overshadowing everyone on their roster. Almost made it. Damn. Almost made it. <laughs> and then you had to go and say his awesomeness. <laughs> Look, it's just the truth. Well, Rocco Grimaldi is also available. Ah, yes. Hockey Tebow. <laughs> But there are some names on this list, though. I mean, and, and I'm clearly looking at Cap Friendly. There are some names on this list. I'm not saying that they're they're going to be greater. I mean, Derek Stepan is available. Mm. Has he lost that much? Has he lost that much that it's not worth a look? It's not like he's going to be an expensive center. He was only making one one million three hundred fifty thousand last year. I I could pay him that to. I guess for me, the the name that still sticks out to me, John Klingberg, what the heck is going on there? I'm surprised that he's still available. Like Um, 29 year old, right shot defenseman. Yes. He'll be 30 in 30 days mm -hmm. or less. I don't care. Six, three hundred ninety pounds. Skates well, shoots well, passes well. I don't claim that he is a top defender in his own zone, but I've certainly seen guys who defended worse get signed to fairly large contracts. Um, I think that the way that Danton Heinen started off the season last year and continued to be useful uh, even late in the season those teams who are trying to fill out their second, third lines, dude, pick up the phone, give the kid a call. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one last question from me and then and, and then we can move on or do whatever you want but there's two names on this free agency list that uh, I'm just wondering if you think that they get signed or not and that's the two oldest players on the list is Dano Chara and Joe Thornton I know what I think but I'm curious as to what you think do you think they get signed or not? I think or no? Joe might get signed again uh, are we thinking San Jose so he can finish his career there and or um, I don't know I, I think that it's going to come down to a team that wants come to have to that because Joe Thornton is still I mean he still passes really well he's still winning faceoffs at a good clip and you're talking about a guy you're going to add for 750000 or so. You're not get, oh, the, the comparison there is for what you're going to get from him in terms of pure reliability. Are you better off with a call up from your from your minor system? The answer is not really. For his, just the face offs the passing ability and the fact that he's going to give you everything every night. He knows if he gets signed this year, he has to firmly, firmly believe that this is his last hurrah. He wants that cup. And if you're a cup contender and you're willing to sign him, whether you're playing him 11 and a half minutes a night, or you're somehow playing him 17 minutes a night, He's he's gonna go out there and sweat till he bleeds. Yes. I think that Chara has lost a little too much speed. I was one and I don't like the idea of him being forced to call retire, it a day. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't know that he's going to get another contract put in front of him. Uh Joe Thornton, my thought was He's either going someplace where and the only worry is that Colorado or Tampa Bay, are they really going to sign him? But those are the places that are ideal so he can get that elusive Stanley Cup out of the way. Because that's pretty much the one thing that he doesn't have. I mean, the only other thing, the only other place I could see as being interesting if he's willing to go that far north, um, particularly if the if he's going to end up playing on their PK or something like that. <sighs> Send him to Edmonton. They don't have a lot of bulky guys. They don't, don't have a lot. They don't have. And, and you put, if you put him on your second power play and he can feed whoever you're, whoever the rest of that roster, that team is. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a lot of passing ability for sweat. <laughs> like, that's it. I mean, you're you're. What is he one? What is he one tenth, one fifteenth of what you're paying McDavid? And he's still one of the best twenty or twenty five passers in the league. Yeah, I mean he goes to he goes to the Panthers. To, he, I mean he goes to the Panthers. What was it at the deadline? Uh, I 
I, I don't I, so as much weird. as as much as for emotional or you know for for you know to see him come back and and finish his career in Boston or to see him go back and finish his career in San Jose, either one of those locations he's not winning a cup. So I think it's cup or bust at this point. I mean. If he's really interested in chasing the record for most games played, for which he only needs like 60 or 65 games, yeah. and that's his only interest at this point, which I doubt, he could go sign anywhere. I mean, he could go sign at one of the couple of teams that needs to hit, needs to make, mo- uh, needs to spend money to hit the cap floor. Arizona. Oh no, they're they're um, Chicago. Yeah, he could go play in Chicago with with Taze and Kane for the rest of the season. Say rumor is Chicago's gonna have trouble just getting to the cap floor. Well, Chicago trades Chicago trades um, Patrick Kane. They are without retaining any salary, which I'm not sure how that's gonna work. Um, even if it's one year. Um, they, they're at, they're below the cap floor. They're only a couple of dollars from it. Uh, nope. They would actually be 90,000 over the cap floor. Oh, okay. And once they, once they added another player to their roster for any reason, cause they're still, they're still short a couple of defensemen. They've only got four signed at the moment. Uh, they would still be two or three million over the cap, uh, or so. So it's possible they could trade him out. I don't know who's going. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's move on to the Bruins specifically. Fair enough. Okay, we've covered everything. <laughs> there we go. They've um, done a, wait, they've done a whole wait, wait, wait. That's not fair to Vinny Letieri. They did sign Vinny Letieri, and they traded for the rights to Pavel Zaka. Oh, that's right. Yes, we traded He's Eric. Not Hollow. signed to the team, but they did trade for his rights. They traded Eric Hollow for the rights to negotiate with. Yes, signed Vinny Letieri and a bunch of other names that nobody's going to remember at this point. Uh um, they legitimately traded for – they legitimately signed Keith Kincaid, who we oh, should only right, see if there's injuries to Olmark and or, and or Swayman. Dennis Renouve, A.J. Greer, who we might see. Um, Connor Carrick, who we might see if there are enough injuries, which – is distinctly possible at the beginning of the season because we know Grizzlick and McAvoy will be out. But he is 28 years old. He's a right shot, <clears throat> right defenseman, who has a uh, stunning 241 games played in his 10 or so years. Uh, last year was 11 games for the New Jersey Devils. And he brings a staggering six playoff games uh, to the uh, to the team. All with the new all with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, 
I, okay. uh, there's a whole lot of not much that the Bruins have done. Well, when you're signing people to two-way contracts, you're not expected. I mean, this is Providence water. Of yes. these players, of these players, I legitimately only expect that we might see AJ Greer during the regular season for more than five games. Might. <laughs> Which means, when you really done other than the job of an AHL general manager. So he's not doing much of anything. Okay, then. Because Bergeron, still dangling. Crazy. Probably unknown. back in Europe. Unknown. Uh, oh, wait. We need to negotiate with Pasternak because he's entering the final year of his deal. Nope. I, I just... Uh, <laughs> What are we paying this guy for? Seriously, I said I know I said this to you like yesterday or the day before, just because it was on Friday actually. You know, what are we paying him for? He's not doing anything. Well, uh, the, someone needs the, to negotiate with Matt Philippe and Jack Stadnika. The not chair I'm sitting on could Jack do this job. It, it's. Well, someone had to hire a coach after they fired a coach. Yeah. I think there was more to that story, too. I I 100% believe that that was either a Neely or um, or uh, higher up or Jacob's call. 100% believe it. I do not think Sweeney liked it. I do not think Sweeney wanted to do it. I mean, do you from conspiracy theories abound? And I think you told me this. Um, was he given a choice? No. Either, there's no way he was given a choice. Either he goes or you go? I, no, it was probably he's going. The only question is, are you going with him? Ah. Why wasn't the answer to that question yes? Anyways. I just. Yeah. Okay. Moving on before I get frustrated. <laughs> Earlier, just before we started recording the show, I tweeted out a projected roster. You got a chance to look at it based on the players who are actually signed to the Boston Bruins roster right now. Mm-hmm. Would you care to give me a short, short, short summation of that team? A short summation of that team? <laughs> oh, let's see. Just, okay. How how short do you want? Basically, A, where's the offense coming from? B, uh, they're going to be able to stop the other team for the most part. The defense is intact. And C, goal is going to be the same as it was last year. So not moving the needle. That's my there's my based on not the roster moving as the signed, needle. Based on the roster as signed right now. Sad. Is this a top three team in the division next year? No. Is it a top five team in the division next year? 
division. No. So you're saying it's not a playoff team? Correct. Because there's no provision for six teams in one division to make the playoffs. There's no math that makes that work. As of right now, and I, I firmly agree with you. As they don't of, make the, This team does not make the playoffs. They'd have to seriously overachieve to get in, in, in my would, belief. And there's some talent here, but. Career years from six or seven forwards. Yeah. And three to five defensemen. Yeah. You would need those. You would need a 50 goal season from one of Pasternak, Marchand, or Hall. You would need 40 goal seasons from the other two. Mm -hmm. And you would need DeBrusque to cross 30. And you still need the forwards to suddenly elevate. Because the roster that I put together, based on players signed right now, has you have a top line, and I did this based on total value uh, of contracts, not not necessarily which making an argument over which 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 line I actually expect to produce most, but first line. Hall uh, and DeBrusque centered by Coyle. Second line is Marshand and Pasternak centered by Beecher. Third line of Steen, McLaughlin, and Smith. And the fourth line, I have Trent Frederick uh, centering Nosek and Wagner with Felino uh, in the ninth level. Defense, pretty straightforward. Lindholm, McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlo, Forbert, uh, Clifton. And then I have Swayman uh, uh, backed up by Olmar um, with uh, Mike Riley as your as your seventh day. If you really, really want to know what I have as the special t- as the uh, power play units, I have Marchand, Beecher and Pasternak working together with Grizzlick and McAvoy. And for power play number two, I have Hall, Steen, DeBrusque uh, and Craig Smith out there with Connor Clifton. Can we still um, get JT Miller? No comment. I was asked on Twitter, why not Fabian LaSalle? I like LaSalle. I think he's got the gifts. Uh, I will say that I want him. I would rather have him playing 22 or 19 to 22 minutes a night in Providence than 11 minutes every third night or every third game in Boston. Um, do I suspect that he'll be a call up if there are injuries at right wing? Yes. Quickly. Um, as long as he goes to Providence with his head screwed on straight. Absolutely. Um, as far as the defense, yep. Zaboral again, back in Providence, give him the 22, 25, 28 minutes a night. If that's what it, if that's what it needs to sharpen that edge so that he can come up and displace Riley or Forbert, um, I'm 100% in line with it, Um, or he just becomes a really good trade piece uh, at the back end. Um, But I like the players. I mean, there's guys in the bottom half of that roster I'd rather 
move out. Okay. I mean, ideally, I would rather see Stadnika in Boston, but he's not signed. Um, I saw. I I genuinely thought they were going to buy Felino out uh, during the first buyout period. Right now, it's not necessary. Zaka's not on here because he's not signed as of right now. Well, I update the ros- this roster once uh, once things come into clarity. Yeah. Um, but right now, based on who is actually signed to the organization, you're not. You can tweak make a it, couple of players. You're not making the you're playoffs. But you're still not of the way. getting. You're still not getting north of 82, 84 points out of this roster. And that's just not going to cut it in in the East. I'm sorry. All hey, eight teams. All eight teams last season. Mm. Last year, the last year with just with Bergeron in the number one C slot, they got to 107 points with a coach who I was never hugely fond of. Right. I don't care who the coach is this season. The great the drop off between Bergeron and whoever. Whoever you want to call your number one, your number two, whatever. Uh, particularly without Hollis, so that there's at least some chemistry being retained with uh, Hall and Pasta or whoever. Um, it's not good. Well, no. I, I, if it took a hundred, it took a hundred points to, to make get into it the into playoffs, playoffs in the year. East. All eight teams from the East were at a hundred points. 82 is not even close. I don't I didn't look up what the what 7th and 8th place had for points in the West. West was a little more squishy. Normally it's about 93 to 93 or 94 points is what it takes to get into the playoffs. So, yeah, you're not making it in either conference. And I'm sorry, that's just not going to cut it in Boston. And we can beat it up any way we like, but uh, that's not going to change it. Before we dive into Bruins' development camp, mm-hmm. let's look at some of the other stories real quick. Sure. Um, Evander Kane. I touched on it during the free agency thing. I mean... Five and a quarter... Or not even five and a quarter, five and an eighth. Um, I think it's interesting that he took the opportunity to uh, to thank his girlfriend. The first time I've heard, her, I've seen her named. Um, and I love the fact that the first response you see on Twitter to him, uh, given all of the nonsense that has been talked about him is you just made my summer. I can't wait to see you. Uh, can't wait to see you can do what you can do with a full season. Um, second response, happy you're in Edmonton. Uh, so the Calgary has zero chance of signing you, amen. Uh, let's see. I, the, the, the response is actually really positive. Uh, from the from the fans, at least in the first uh, dozen or so tweets, I'm sure it gets stupid eventually. Um, 
But Evander Kane back in a place where he's where he's comfortable and played well. And I think even more key, he's like the third at best option for the press to talk about. I mean, yes, there are some there are some I don't know quite how to um individuals that need There are some players with more visibility. No, no, no. I'm saying you're you're saying primarily mostly the comments are positive. I mean, you get the ones with how much of that to build collectors and stuff like that. I think that Edmonton fans are truly happy that this has happened. I mean, you look at the output that he had last season in, in basically uh, under show-me conditions. I mean, granted, okay, you put him out there with Connor McDavid some, and, and sometimes Dreisaitl. It, it, yeah. But Evander Kane... a skilled goal scorer. He oh, scored yeah. 30 goals playing for the Jets their first season in Winnipeg. Was he not the leading goal scorer in the Edmonton in Edmonton's playoff run this pat you know that just ended? Um, I would have to double check that, but he had 17 points, including 13 goals. Uh, yeah, he he was kind of ridiculous, but he came in in 43 games. He had 39 points, including 22 goals. Yeah. And you know, you look at his. You look at his season. Um, for the playoffs, no, he was third in points for the playoffs because. Goals. Oh, for goals, yes, he was goals. Yeah, easy. He was the but, number one goal scorer. For, actually, for we never talked about their playoff. Whatever else you can say about Connor McDavid and his previous playoff runs, at 24 years old, he had a absolutely magical playoff run. Okay. 33 points in 16 games. That's 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 more points than guys have led the playoffs with some years. After winning a cup. <laughs> and he did it in two rounds, the second of which they got the pants beat off of them. Well, third, three rounds, sorry. Um, that was his that was his coming of age as a as a legitimate playoff producer. And Leon Dreisaitl very, very quietly tossed in 32 points in 16 games. Um, if they can keep the two of them together and a reasonable core around them, this team is going to be dangerous in the playoffs if for no other reason than those two guys finally understand the difference between regular season and playoff hockey and are willing and are willing to play that playoff hockey. And you have Evander Kane. You also had Evander Kane who can play in all phases of the game. Any way you want to play the game. Can and will. Can and will play. I guess the end will is the important part. There you go. Because, yeah. But even for the regular season, 
the only person who had a better plus minus on the Edmonton Oilers in the regular season than Evander Kane was Connor McDavid. And that was only by three. And Connor McDavid the guy, played the whole season. The guy who scored 123 points to Evander Kane's 39 only had a better plus minus by three. I've been saying for Kane's entire career, this guy is really effective and just needs a place where he can play. Yeah, they're just not going to give him a Selkie anytime soon. They're not going to give him a Selkie, and I don't think he cares. Uh, but he's a player you can deploy at any given moment of any game. Oh, hell yeah. Shorties, no problem. Power play, absolutely. You need five to get, on five. You need He'll to get physical. And you need to get physical, absolutely. You play with speed. He can keep up. I mean, there is not one aspect of his game that is lacking, as far as I can tell. <laughs> he is a complete player, a one of the few power for, legitimate power forwards left in the in the game. In baseball, they would call him a five-tool player, which is like the highest compliment you can give to a player. Uh, <laughs> There I don't understand there. why he didn't. I mean, I understand why he signed in Edmonton because he's comfortable there and happy there. I don't understand why he didn't get offers to be better paid and slightly less happy elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> better paid, slightly less happy or lower paid and be happy as can be. Hmm. It, for some people, it's a big deal. Um, but the. I made a prediction a couple of months ago, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. I lost track. Okay. I was talking about yield uh, when we were talking about general managers. I said, if the, eyes are, if, uh, if the big chair isn't vacated real soon, McFarland won't, will not be in, Col- in Colorado by Thanksgiving. The big chair was vacated. Chris yeah. McFarland of the uh, Colorado Avalanche has been promoted from assistant general manager to general manager. Mm-hmm. I have the not so sneaking suspicion that as soon as the cup went up, he got two or three offers to be their general man to be a general manager somewhere else, or at least offers to come interview. I wonder if the local the, the local organization was one of those. Assuming yeah. Sweeney didn't sign. Or didn't release uh, Cassidy. I, if he's not on the short list, Neely needs to go. I'm, I'm not, I'm I, not I surprised. Go. No, I was just gonna say I'm not surprised that Colorado did this, but yeah, I, I think that absolutely McFarland was and, and was ta- was targeted by. I'm gonna go by at least five organizations. Because remember, at the time, the San Jose Sharks didn't have a general manager. One of them um, being in the desert with no home. Oh, right. The uh, the Vagabond Dogs. Yes. I don't think he would have left there, left for there, unless it was for a whole lot of money. I mean, if, if you're at all surprised by this move by Colorado... 
You're just not paying attention. Explain to me why. <laughs> but to move him into the GM chair and to. Uh, I'm wondering if Joe is being moved up and out or just kind of up and more advisory. It, 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 Joe's done and made quite a lot of moves for that organization as far as, I mean, the Kadri move, Duchesne. And those are just two. Those are just the two big ones I can think of right now. I mean, some of the players that are, that have been drafted under him. He's built that organization, and he's done a phenomenal job of it. McFarland, as his right hand guy, as the assistant, is Joe just turning over the reins and completely kind of hand? Nope, Chris, you go for it. I'm just going to sit here and. I suspect they'll. It will still be a partnership. I think it's going yeah. to be more driven by McFarland. Um, but I, I suspect it will be. McFar- you'll see some changes because McFarland needs to make some in order to have uh, success, and I think that. But the moves that he made, he's not, you he, he can't, he, you're not replacing Jared Bednar. Uh, no, I, I think that's a safe bet. I think it's a fool. I think it's a foolish errand, too. I don't think you replace, I mean, Bednar's done it. it. It's funny because like five years ago, he was on the hot seat. And if he didn't produce, he was going to be gone. But they stuck with him. And now he's won him a Stanley Cup. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't think he's going now he's one of the safest coaches out there I don't think he's going anywhere for a year or two at least and and yes everything's cyclical I know that there have been comments about you know well you know you know this team is back to mediocrity in two years and this and that but like you said it, it, I said everything's cyclical I mean the idea of salary cap is to somehow create parity in the in, in the league and through that parity, you get different teams rising to the top at different times. And I don't know that McFarlane is going to – how long he's going to be able to stave that off because you can't – look at Chicago. They hung on as long as they could, maybe too long, giving Kane and Taze $10.5 million a year. Oh, and they're getting uh, dinged for the retirement money for – uh, Duncan Keith. That's just that is just such crap. But that is, is awful. That play, I, I don't understand that one. That one kind of baffles me. That the he's no longer he 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 played a full season for a different team, and they're still going to get smacked on the wrist uh, or in the face, really, by a cap recapture. Yeah, uh, it's, it's crap. And Chicago, we talked about Chicago uh, leading the tank uh, brigade and doing it by a handy margin. Um, let's dive into Bruins development camp with whatever with what little we have left for time. Okay. Um, Mark Diver uh, tweeted out on the thirteenth. In no particular order, five players I liked today at Bruins development camp. 
Mark McLaughlin, Ty Gallagher, Trevor Kuntar, Luke Torpakowski, and Riley Duran. Okay, I've heard... Well, first of all, we all know who McLaughlin is because he actually played a few games with Boston at the end of this this past season. Scored a couple of pretty goals. Three. And they were uh, all pretty. Trevor Kuntar plays at Boston College. This is his third development camp? Second. Either way, he's been there before, and I've always liked what I've seen of him. Ty Gallagher was here last year. Uh, Toporowski, I don't remember. And Riley Duran, I heard actually when I was there, and I was only there for one day this year, unfortunately. But just here, I, I heard his name more than once while walking the lobby, as they say, walking the, the, the balcony, that he was, that they liked what they saw out of Riley Duran. Mm-hmm. I wasn't wowed. By Riley Duran, I, I was wowed by um, Yelvik. Looked, re- I thought Yelvik showed some <clears throat> speed and hands, and uh, nifty goal scored during the during the um, during the scrimmage. Uh, this is where I talk about the. The flabbergastery, because um, I wasn't. <laughs> sh- well, it, it had to come out eventually. I mentioned at the beginning of the show. I may as well bring it up now at the end of the show. Um, there's this guy named Greenway. I thought he was a defenseman. Oh, you're talking about a different moment than I was, was thinking you were. What was the other baffling? I missed it. Or was well, it? flabbergasting. I'm thinking in terms of just plain shock at what I saw. I'm thinking of the goal that was scored. Oh, that was – oh, yes. That was just – that was but, more filthy than – But go ahead and mastery. talk about Greenway. J.D. Greenway. And as 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 I was informed by my, my partner here, uh, they're, they're, moving, they're, they're moving him to forward. And I'm, oh, yeah, okay. That makes – I guess that makes sense because last year during dev camp, he seemed a little – until they got to the scrimmage day. But during the drills, he seemed a little bit, you know, eh, he I don't want to say he coasted through them. He looked like he was trying, but I didn't see that 110 percent that you want to see at dev camp. But then in the scrimmage, he actually looked like he was trying He maybe struggled a little bit. But this year, the there was a at one point in time where I just went, uh, what was that? And it was J.D. Greenway going from right wing to left wing, cutting across, deking, deking past three different players on the opposite team. And I was just like, uh, only to get a nice pass across back to the right side, which they didn't score on because it was high into the right of the net and off the glass. But I was just like, uh, what was that? It, Who is that? It looked like... I had a hard time like believing it was J.D. Was, Greenway. <laughs> it, it legitimately looked like an NHL All-Star player's performance and not like some guy who's struggled to make it into the AHL and stay there. I mean, if they are moving him to a forward position, it might actually be the, one of the smarter things that 
I don't know who made the call, whether it was Montgomery or Cassidy before him or one of the assistants. I think it's the I think this was I think this happened late last year in Providence um, that they started talking about it. And I think they played him a couple of games at forward. But there was a the the Thursday presser or the Wednesday presser, uh, the Providence head coach uh, was talking about the new one, Mugino. Yes, Ryan Mugino was talking about moving him up and what an athlete he is. And that, that particular rush up ice, because it started below the circles in the defensive zone, yeah. cross, cross center ice, and he was still he still had the puck on his stick, going around at least three, and it may have been more, uh, of the opposite team when he crossed into the offensive zone. It was legitimately a moment to be talked about. If the if he if that team had scored on that rush, Gallagher's name would be in the mouth of every Boston Bruins fan who was there. Um, I'm sorry, Greenway's name would be in the mouth of every fan who's there because you could you could not help but notice it. It looked, it was yeah, strong. And then there was the other guy who <laughs> most people know as a defenseman. Um, I tweeted it out. I was talking, I was texting a comparison to one of my longtime friends, a uh, former coworker. Um, and I made a comparison, the type of comparison I hate making. I hate making comparisons to Hall of Fame players. And I did it anyways. Um, yeah. Brunette legitimately had a goal so dirty I needed a shower afterwards. And it cool. looked like something you would see from Datsuk or Kane or Kovalchuk. That sort of dangle. Goalie's still looking for his jog. Disappear um. standing still. And no indication that a shot was made except for seeing the puck go into the net. A lot of guys have a hidden shot release or no tell on their shot release. Mm -hmm. Except for the puck moving across the goal line. I could not tell that there was a shot made. I genuinely think his stick was back in the same position by the time the puck got across the net that it was a second before he shot. Was this the one in, during the shootout? And this was during a, a scrimmage. It may have been. Oh, okay. It might have been early in the five-on-five scrimmage. I'm saying I'm uh, trying to remember. I'm trying to remember it was this. Just before the Greenway rush, if memory serves. Oh, I was there for that. You were there for that. Oh, wait a minute. I do remember this because I was amazed that a goal was. I couldn't believe the goal was scored. I thought. I thought it was underneath the goalie's glove. No. And then all of a sudden it was two to one on the scoreboard. Yes. I couldn't understand yes. where the second goal came from. Because it looked like time travel. <laughs> well, obvious, obviously, um, <clears throat> Mr. Copperfield there, brunette, put it by and I didn't see it. Uh, and Andrew or Frederick Brunette, six foot two, 185 pounds out of the uh, Ramoski Oceanic this year. Um, his birthday will be August 21st. 
I hate making predictions based on camp, but I suspect this guy will hit an NHL roster at some point. I will not say that I think it's going to be this year because I don't believe that. Um, not without um, very interesting things happening. Um, Dan Slock Mellis, the other uh, who is a fourth rounder for the Bruins this year. Yes. I thought like just about every time I looked at him, he was doing something right. Uh, another guy, not especially huge um, because the Bruins don't do that. Um, 5'10", 154 pounds, actually out of Latvia. Um, I don't remember the last Latvian guy to play for the Bruins. Um, and I don't have the energy to go look at the moment. Um, but I thought that Brunette, Lachmelis, and Spicer all looked decent. For whatever reason, I just could not keep track of Portois. Um, when I got a chance... Poitras, yeah. Poitras, sorry. Um, when I got a chance to see Harrison, I liked what I saw. Spedebeck made some really pretty saves and some really nice recoveries uh, having to move post to post. When he was, uh, yeah, his, 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 his lateral movement post to post is from what I could tell really good. Uh, his ability to recover was, I, I was impressed by that because there were, there was that, there was one time at least where first shot took him slightly out of position. Second shot actually moved him and he had to recover from right to left across the net. And then, Unfortunately, the puck got put back in front, and he didn't get to the fourth shot or something like that. It was, but his recovery ability was was very strong. His lateral movement looks really good. I, I liked him a lot. Um, as far as I mean, some of the guys who were there, they looked like they looked the way that I expected them to. Quinn Olson made great passes and skated really well. Um, I still don't think he's got a shot that's going to make him a 25-goal scorer in the NHL. I'm okay with that. Um, John Beecher was healthy this year. He was not last year. He moves well. Like, he's... <sighs> yes. I wish I wish my, watch, my uh, viewing of him in college led me to higher belief in him. The problem is that he was pl- he's playing on a team where he was he he was bounced down to third line center because they had all those draft picks that were playing basically one and most of them were one and done. Zoe Power I think was a two and done, and he's a defenseman. But because of the offensive talent that that school brought in, he was forced down and he was playing third line minutes. Yes, he had the I, I want to say it was a shoulder injury. Yeah. So he couldn't showcase his talents at Michigan. To he didn't have as many opportunities. I mean, everybody's got an opportunity. I'm not going to say he he couldn't go out on the ice and just blow them away, but when you're playing third line minutes instead of first line minutes, it's a little little bit more difficult. Oh, absolutely. And it also is a question of who you're playing with. I thought Brett Harrison looked good and. The way that they skate, the way that they handle the puck, 
there's a lot of similarity between Beecher and Harrison. Um, okay. I'm not saying that they're the same player. Please don't <laughs> get ridiculous in my DMs or my mentions. I will laugh at you and then shred you. Um, okay. But there's some similarity in the way that they carry the puck, despite the fact that uh, Beecher is significantly heavier at 210 to Harrison's 175. And since I know that uh, Brett's father follows one or both of us, please feed the child. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please. <laughs> a, a, sand, a, a sandwich is acceptable once in a while. He's even allowed to have a cookie with with his with his uh, with his meal. Sure. I don't have a problem with that. Um, overall, I mean, if you're asking me who I was most impressed by at camp, I'm taking McLaughlin out of the equation simply I because, would as well. because he's already played in the in the NHL. Yes. Um, when you look at their at the blue line, um, you I think that Jacob Wilson looked like what he was the most experienced player there who has already played a, a decent amount of time professionally. Yes, it's AHL time, not NHL time. You're still closer in speed to the top to the top game than you are. Than you are in most college or juniors, yes. Um, my... Biggest surprise was Porter uh, Porter Shaley. Sha- oh, Shackley. Shackley. Porter Shackley. Um, out of Vermont. Right wing. I'm sorry, listed as a forward. 6'4", two, two and change. He's that he big? He did a lot right every single time I watched him. I didn't think he looked that big. He's he's not huge, but he's one of those players, I suspect, where, like Bergeron, uh, he's got all of that lower body muscle and not a huge amount of upper body. But did you say 6'4"? That, I believe, is what the roster says, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have my roster in front of me. 6'4 and 203. Yeah, no, he didn't look 6'4. 203, maybe. He filled out the jersey. I'll give him that. But I didn't think he looked six foot. Wow. Okay. No, that he he's obviously bigger than he looked. Okay. Um, he moved rather well for a guy of six four. He he moved rather well. Period. Well, yeah. Um, and I like the fact that he didn't particularly slow down when he was carrying the puck. Uh, early in the week during the drills, they have you going over, skating over around the pads with the coaches throwing a stick in front of you or even a body in front of you. And uh, the Bruins' new development coach uh, was surprisingly physical about it. Really? I'm sorry, I missed that. Won't say that she threw uh, any flying shoulders at anyone, but she did make physical contact uh, with with two or three of the players. Uh, Daniel Marmer. Um, and she's not a large woman, <laughs> but he he he's one of those guys who just didn't slow down as he was going through those drills. 
Um, and that's something that you see from like Grizzlick, a guy who made it into the NHL and stuck to the NHL because he's not the biggest. He's not the guy. He's not got the most offense, but he does everything right. Uh, and I like seeing that. Uh, who else did I, who else did I like? Um, well, in, in Marmer's, in Marmer's defense, she played, she spent, um, three years as director of player development, hockey ops for Quinnipiac's women's ice hockey team. Uh, she spent two years as an assistant coach for a Connecticut college women's ice hockey team. Uh, they finished second place in the NESCAC, 15 wins. Uh, she's been involved with multiple USA hockey camps. She was a forward herself for Quinnipiac and for 132 games from 13 to 17. Um, part of ECAC championship, record of 33 and 5. So, yeah, I think she's uh, got the, oh, she's, I think she's got the resume chops player. to... She's got the resume chops to back it up and get in with, you know, getting, getting in there with McQuaid and messing things up. Sure. <laughs> um, last player I'm going to talk about uh, before we wrap is someone who I saw a couple of tweets saying stole development camp. Really? And yes, there was some enthusiastic talk about him by coaches. Uh Mason Lorai. Um, not quite, but Gaber Reese, uh, Reese Gaber. Reese Gaber. I heard that name floated around a little bit, too. An actual right wing. Invite, not a draft pick, but headed back to college this season. Um, An actual right wing? Oh, he's not making the team. He'll never get signed. But right wing, <laughs> headed back to college. Smallest guy there by far. Uh, they have him listed at 5'8", and if you've talked to me in person, you know that I don't believe any hockey height listed under six feet tall. He skates so low that he looks like the, that he, that he legitimately looks like he could skate through the legs of some of the taller players. Like, Marchand gets low sometimes. Gallagher uh, up in Montreal gets low sometimes. Um, Tory Krug depends on where on the ice he is. Mm-hmm. Um, even, uh, you go back far enough to when Montreal's general manager was playing, uh, was playing in the league. He got low sometimes. This guy's back, like the top of his shoulders and the back of his head might not even be a full four and a half feet off the ice, uh, when he goes out. Cause he's got a wide stance through turns, even straightaways. He's pumping the legs. He's moving fast. He never stops moving, never stops moving, which I'm sure attracted a lot of attention all by it's lonely, but he seemed to execute a lot of things right, too. Um, I can't say that I think anyone stole camp, but I understand why people liked him. Yeah. Um, one last memory for me, but I got to ask you. Because I don't remember the name, but all I could think of was Maverick, Top Gun. Hit the hit the brakes and it'll blow right by. Uh, this was during the shootout when, and I thought it was Luck Malice, but I'm not sure. 
went down from left base off, went went around left base off circle, came across the front of the net, hit the brakes. Goalie kept sliding past the post for just a easy little tap in goal. It was just I, that was that was the filthy thing that we were talking about because it, it, it was completely and utterly filthy and. The goaltender, I think, is still looking for his um, jock somewhere. If that's um, during the shootout, I don't remember who. I, I want to say it I was want, a forward. I want to say it was Lock Mellis, but. It, it could have been Lock Mellis, but uh, Jelovic also had the same, ro- uh, had a similar roster number, and they're mm-hmm. about, the, they're only an inch apart in height. Um. Jevlik is was number thirty six. He's five eleven, one seventy four. Mm-hmm. Lock Mellis was thirty eight. He's six feet and one seventy. Oh, so course. could have been one of them. Anyway, that was one of the final memories. And overall, just only getting to see the one day. You're right. There wasn't this one person that like you could say, "Oh my God, that's the standout of camp." Uh, I mean, I was surprised that McLaughlin didn't look more polished, I guess. I don't know what – just the fact that he's already been with the big club. He kind of has an idea of what they're expecting, what they're looking for. I think I, I may have expected a little more out of him, but – I think he was basically there to be the drill leader and locker room leader and was largely told, let the guy shine. I mean – and that makes sense. You, you know, you you're, you've you've already got the contract, so you know you've these got guys. The contract, are, but let's face it: if even one of these guys is in is act, if even one of the other forwards who was there this week is actually in the, in uh, main camp with three days left, mm-hmm. I'll be shocked. I mean, yes, the Bruins are. Yes, Bergeron and Krejci are not signed as of right now. And we don't know. There's other possibilities for them to bring in people before before the season opens. Uh, Merkulov, I, I will mention him really quickly. I liked everything that I saw of him. I did not get a chance to focus on him. There was usually another player that I was uh, keyed in on. But I do like what I saw. Um, and he's played with Trevor Kuntar. Kuntar tweeted that his – or t- Kuntar is quoted as saying that his hockey IQ and skills are off the chart. Um, we could see Beecher in camp. wouldn't surprise me. Um, we could see Merkulov late in camp. It wouldn't necessarily surprise me. If I'm not mistaken, Merkulov um... – is actually a teammate of low rise at, at Ohio state or was last was season. because Merkulov is signed to his ELC. And once you're signed, you don't go back to college. Right. So they were teammates last season. Yes. So if anybody could tell us what Merkulov looks like, I'm pretty sure it's Mason low. I mean, if you're right, if you want to write your Bruins draft uh, playbook for next year, assuming that Sweeney is still GM, you can write you can pencil in at least two small skilled centers, so under six one, <laughs> under hundred and eighty pounds. No wingers. You can pencil in at least one player who plays with a prospect of the Bruins right now. 
Uh-huh. You can pencil in at least one Massachusetts-born uh, player. There'll be and there's defenseman. likely to be a Boston area college player on the list. Like that's going to cover four of your picks. It's it's guaranteed. One defenseman minimum, possibly two. One and defenseman a goal, and a um, goaltender. And likely a goaltender. If but there's no, a winger drafted, it will be a left wing. I'm gonna say, but no wingers. But okay, left wing, yeah, sure. <laughs> There will be no right wings drafted. For bonus points, uh, you can go to Vegas and put money down on them drafting uh, multiple players with the same first name or very, very similar first names. Jacob, Jacob, Jake, uh, a couple of Matts, a couple of Chases or something like that. (laughs) Almost certain to happen. And that, uh, hockey fans, is where we leave you. Just remember Um, there are. Just remember, there are five players in the organization that have first and last initials of the same. So, Absolutely. Uh, and we'll CC you on that list at some point. <laughs> oh, one last thing. Um, we met a rather interesting person uh, last night. Uh, yes. And University of uh, you should look out for her on Twitter. Her name is uh, Carrie Ann Dennehy. Um, she is working with Colorado College. No, no, University of Colorado, the Buffaloes. University of Colorado Buffaloes uh, to get their teams uh, into the NCAA uh, Division One. I, I believe they're aiming for both the men's and women's team. She's specifically working with the men's team. Uh, you see her on Twitter. Say hi. She is marvelously enthusiastic about the sport. Comes from a hockey family. Uh, Very she's knowledgeable. A knowledgeable. Um, she's a, I believe she grew up in this area. I don't remember where, but she'll be back out with the, uh, with her team uh, this season. I think we might, uh, I think I'll try and talk to her again uh, over the summer, but uh, have a great week, everyone. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, some interesting hockey stories. Maybe we'll get, have time to do a redraft. Take care.